You are listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, a podcast for survivors of suicide loss. In this weekly podcast, you will learn more about your unique experiences and gain insights on your brain and how it processes grief and loss due to a loved one's suicide. While suicide grief comes in all shapes and sizes, Amy shows you that you still can have a life full of joy and fulfillment even though your loved one died. You don't have to just survive anymore. You can thrive. You are listening to the Survive to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, episode 25, Secondary Losses. Hey there, how are you guys? Hope you're doing well. I've been thinking a lot about secondary losses because my sister's birthday was this past week. She would have been 28 had she been still around. She passed away at the age of 22. So it got me thinking a lot about secondary losses. And one that particularly hit me over this past year of celebrating my sister's birthday is that I, she could be married now, right? She could have children. She could be exploring a career. She would have been graduated and finished college by now because when she had passed, she was still in the middle of her college and working a career with disabled adults. And, you know, and I know she loved that career and it got me thinking about, you know, what her potential could have been, like what she would have been in her future. Right. And it got me thinking a lot about how I grieve that and how I grieve the fact that I'll never know. I'll never get to know who she would have married. I was basically, you know, robbed of the opportunity to have an additional relationship with her spouse. Um, I was robbed an opportunity to have nieces and nephews, you know, and there really was a grieving process that had to be taken place over all of this secondary loss. And, you know, and at times I feel it come up again, particularly when I'm dealing with this, um, year of her being gone, you know, and I imagine things will come up year after year as birthdays are being celebrated. And I get thinking about what stage she would have been in. And so because I've been thinking a lot about secondary loss and how it affects me and, and how this grief shows up and it comes up, you know, every year because of the fact that, you know, every year she would have been older. It got me thinking about other types of secondary loss and, you know, the grief that, needs to take place over that secondary loss and how many of us don't think much about that, right? Because, you know, let's be honest, when we're dealing with a loss of a loved one, it's pretty acute in the beginning. And, you know, it really comes to mind about how much and how sad it is that we are losing our loved one, that they're no longer alive. And we have more of this acute kind of more intense grief in the beginning and, you know, thinking primarily about that loss. But what we don't realize is how much the secondary losses also affect us and play into that grief, right? And how there is a almost a separate grieving process that needs to take place in order for us to reconcile and accept and make meaning from that grief as well. So 
with that all being said, I thought it would be an important conversation to have today and an important conversation to talk about. So I wanted to do that today with you. So bear with me. So David Kessler, okay, he is the founder of grief.com. He is a grief educator and I'm currently taking a course from him and he has a definition of what he describes secondary loss. Okay. And that definition reads like this, the other losses that accompany grief in addition to the primary emotional response. Okay. So there is a lot of different things that can be grieved that would fit in that within that definition. And I wanted to discuss the ones that I feel like are the most common. Okay. And kind of touch on each of those individually. Okay. All right. So the first one is the loved one's family. Okay. Now I know not for everyone is going to experience these losses. So bear in mind that this just depends on the relationship you've had with the loved one that you lost. But this shows up for those who have son-in-laws or daughter-in-laws that pass away or sons or daughters that pass away, or maybe it's your spouse. Okay. So like, for example, say it's your son that passed away. Okay. And your son's wife who survived, right. Who is still around, won't have that connection with you in the same way. So while you may have a very great relationship with your daughter-in-law, you still will probably have to grieve in a sense, some of that loss simply because that daughter-in-law could potentially get married again, right? Maybe it'll be too hard for her to come to the family home, right? And so that relationship to one degree or another is going to shift. It's probably going to change. And so when that happens, there is a grief that occurs, right? There's a grief that has to take place because the relationship isn't going to be the same. Your son's no longer around to bring your wife around at holidays or for visits or for an opportunity to go on a family vacation, right? There's going to be things that are just going to be dip different simply because your son's no longer around and it's going to change the relationship that you have with your daughter-in-law. Now, that's not to say that it's going to be a negative relationship by any means. It could be a very strong, good relationship, but the dynamic is going to change simply because the sun isn't around anymore. Okay. All right. The second common secondary loss that comes up is the loss of the loved one's friends, right? So I know for my sister, she had a group of friends. She had a boyfriend that she was pretty serious about and you know she probably would have married him that's how serious they were and unfortunately because she's no longer around I don't don't get to see that relationship you know flourish and I won't be able to ever see my sister married to him right and so 
I've had to grieve that loss, grieve the loss that she could have potentially brought another brother into the family. Right. And so, you know, it can show up with friends that they just had, right. Where you really liked your loved one's friends, but now that they're gone, they're not coming around as much. It can show up like, for example, say that that particular friend is going through their own grief process, right? And so maybe they don't want to have as much connection with you anymore simply because they, you know, are trying to deal with their own grief process. Okay. So when that happens, then there's a, a grief that's involved with that grieving the loss of their friends. Okay. The third secondary loss I want to talk about, and it comes up a lot. Okay. And it comes up in my coaching practice. It comes up in survivors of suicide groups, and that is the loss of finances. Okay. Now I know this is something that not a lot of people want to talk about because, you know, money isn't something that people want to focus on when they're grieving a loss of a loved one. But sometimes people are very affected by this, particularly if the person that they lost was, um, was a huge portion of contributing towards their, you know, livelihoods towards their family finances, right? Like say it's your spouse and they pass away and they didn't have life insurance or much savings. And, you know, you signed on a house with this person, you signed on, you know, other loans or, you know, vehicles, things of that nature. And so there's the finances that have to be dealt with, right? And grieving the fact that this loved one can no longer partner with you on it anymore or share with the load. Maybe it was your parent, right? That helped you out a lot financially. Okay. And now that they're gone, you know, maybe they won't be able to do that as much. Maybe there wasn't much in their savings, right? So this is something that doesn't get discussed, but there is that sense of grieving that loss, right? Of the finances. Okay. The fourth one I want to talk about is future plans, right? This kind of plays into what I was dealing with with my own sister is the future plans that she may have had, right? The future that she could have had, the spouse she could have come, you know, became or, or the children she could have had. But on top of that, you know, there's things that you could have planned with your loved one, right? Maybe there was goals you wanted to attain together that you were working in partnership with. Maybe there was a vacation planned, right? Maybe there was something special, maybe a special anniversary celebration. Okay. And now that this loved one is no longer there, um, these plans get derailed, right? Because, you know, they're no longer around. And so there's a grief process that occurs with that. Maybe, you know, a lot of disappointment and sadness will come up when that event or whatever it is that you had planned in the future doesn't come to fruition because of the lack of, of that person's presence. So that is another secondary loss that occurs. Okay. 
Another one that's also a very big one is loss of identity, right? I mean, some of us have lost our only sister, right? Or sibling. And for me, that's not the case, but for others it is. And so wondering if that identity of being a sister is no longer valid because their loved one is gone, right? Maybe you were a spouse, right? And so now that your spouse is gone, you're no longer married to the person, right? Maybe the person was your child, your son, maybe your only son, right? And now you don't have your son around anymore. And so it makes you question your identity around that, right? And what that looks like, right? There's all kinds of different things that play into your identity when you have that loved one around, right? And when they're no longer around, you have to basically reinvent your identity to a degree. And so there's a grief process that occurs with letting go of your old identity and coming to terms with your new identity. Okay. All right. So the sixth and final one I want to discuss is this loss of relationships, right? And this occurs so frequently when you go through the death of a loved one, because sometimes things will come up. Okay. So like, for example, say you had a pretty volatile relationship with your mother. Okay. And after you have lost, say your spouse, sometimes it brings the emotions to the surface, right? And you can have some challenges in relation to your relationships. And a lot of times when people go through a major loss, like particularly when they lose someone that they cared about and loved due to suicide, they'll, their emotions and their feelings that they've had in their relationships will come up. And so there's a lot of times when people are dealing with this kind of loss where uh, those emotions and feelings will make themselves known and it will create friction. Okay. I've seen it a lot of times where survivors will, you know, have a challenging time with their spouse prior to their loss. And then during their loss, they're arguing more and they're not, um, strengthening their relationship, you know, and a lot of survivors feel like their, their significant other just doesn't understand them and doesn't get why they're grieving. And so that adds fuel to the fire, right? So then it just becomes a more conflicted relationship with whoever that is, whether that's your spouse, your parent, your other sibling, maybe your surviving sibling around, right? Or just someone else that you are in relation to. And so when that comes up for survivors of suicide, they tend to grieve 
that relationship because not only do they feel like they have lost this person that they care and love so much about, but now they're another relationship with someone that they truly care about is on edge, right? It's really about ready to fall apart for them. And so there's a grief process that occurs with that because they are wondering, you know, um, how this could be. They feel in disbelief and they're just going through those stages of grief that you go through when you're going through the grief process. So this is something that does show up very, very common, very normal. Okay. All right. So now that we've talked about the six most common secondary losses, you might be wondering, what is it that I can do about these secondary losses, right? So first off, I just want to say that experiencing secondary losses are just going to show up, right? When you're going through the grief process and to just know that having these come up is pretty normal. It's actually almost, I think it's important to just expect it because when you expect it to come, then it doesn't feel so out of the norm, right? It doesn't feel so out of whack. It doesn't feel like something's gone terribly wrong, right? It feels more like, okay, I am experiencing grief to this secondary loss. And the good news is, is that while you're experiencing this secondary loss, right? And you're going through the grief processes, you can still make meanings from the secondary loss. Okay. Cause like in the primary loss, the loss of your loved one due to suicide, you're going to go through all of those stages, right? You're going to go through the, the stages of grief, you know, and just as a reminder, those stages start with denial. Okay. Which by the way, these stages were written by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And if you have any interest, you should look her up because her work is very interesting, but her stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I think we've talked about this in a previous podcast, but there's this sixth stage that David Kessler introduced as he was working with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and that stage is meaning. Okay. So the sixth stage of meaning, really what that comes down to is finding meaning from the loss. Okay. Finding what that means for you and really an offers an opportunity. Okay. To find a way to sustain love for the person after their death while still moving forward in life. Okay. Now when David implemented this, that he really wanted to make sure that people understood that that doesn't mean you'll stop missing the one that you loved, but it just really means that you're you, that you will experience a heightened awareness of how precious life is. And because you really understand how precious life is, right? You're going to find that every moment matters and 
you will really be hyper aware of the choices that you're making and have the ability to move towards more healing and not stay stuck in the pain of grief. Like all the other stages, this sixth stage of grief really requires movement. Okay. And we can't move into the future without leaving the past. So essentially in this stage, what David Kessler was trying to say is you have to say goodbye to the life you had and say yes to the future. Okay. Now in this stage, now while this stage really applies to the acute grief that I was talking about, it also applies to secondary grief. Okay. So no matter what that is, whether that means you are dealing with, you know, the loss of a loved one's family, loved one's friends, whether you're dealing with finances or future plans or your loss of identity or the loss of your relationship. Okay. If you're dealing with one of those particular situations, you can still find meaning in your life after that loss. And I think my friends that that is super empowering to understand because really it shows you that you don't have to hold on to the grief. Okay. You don't have to just be willing to accept it and just live your life in this kind of numb way of realizing and recognizing, okay, this is just my life now. Right. And I think a lot of grievers get stuck there where they just feel like, okay, this is it. This is just what I'm going to have to deal with now. Okay. But what finding the meaning in your life after experiencing that in a way that not only, uh, not only shows you, you know, how much appreciation you've had for having that thing, you'll actually learn and grow exponentially from having the experience. Okay. And so I think this is really great news to understand that you can find more meaning in your life after experiencing secondary loss. So that's it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I think it's really, really important to understand secondary losses and what you can do about it. And so I hope you will share this podcast with someone that you know that is experiencing loss due to suicide or really just loss in general, because I think it's super useful and helpful. And so I hope you'll use this podcast and learn from it. I wanted to take just a brief moment to announce that I am going to be offering a free class on how to feel better. And I'm going to be teaching the three simple steps that you can utilize right away on how to feel better. And I'm really excited. I'm going to be doing this class live on a webinar platform on May 3rd. Okay. It's a Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay. So be on the lookout for that. I am going to be posting the sign up for it. So when it does come up, I want you to be first in line. Okay. So watch out for it. 
It'll come up on my website at www.survived-to-thrive.com. And I will have the sign up there. Once I do post it, I'll also include that in these show notes once it's posted so that you can sign up directly from this podcast. So I really hope that you will join me for this free class. Okay. It's going to be really, really helpful and it's going to apply specifically to those of you who have survived loss due to suicide. So I hope you'll sign up and I hope you will come and gain some incredible benefit from learning how to feel better. Okay. I think all of us can learn to feel better, right? Am I right? I think so. Okay. Well, that's it, my friends. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends and write a review on iTunes. Also, check out survived-to-thrive.com for more information and to subscribe to get the podcast's latest episode, along with useful tips you can begin to use immediately to feel better, directly sent to your inbox.